0: Yo yo, what's good? It's your boy Big Neil back with another episode. Once again, we're we'll gonna keep it going. And I wanna talk about something that's a little more serious today. A little more serious right now. Um I mean, everything we talk about is pretty much serious with our walk with Christ, who we are. But today I want to talk about something that I have literally heard nowhere else in mainstream media. And I'm a I'm a news junkie. I'm a news buff, if you want to whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to call it. I get in the news, and I and I I look at it. I, I look for it. I search for it. Not just the news going on locally, but nationally, internationally, economically, religiously, politically, and all these different facets of which um um social media and the internet fills up. I look at it. In between of all, in between. All the stuff that you see in the pieces of the puzzle that you put together piece by piece to make the puzzle for your piece. Follow what I'm saying. You put stuff for your own state of mind. Um, I've learned that our youth, our youth, our kids, all over the world, this is all over the especially, especially this country, they are in trouble. I'm not talking about just, you know, they're falling behind in their their school and they're just being passed along through school because of the pandemic and they're not really learning stuff like that. Um, I'm not talking about that because guardians and parents, you have a great strength and a great responsibility to teach your own child. Um, You can go on Amazon and get books for two and three dollars and get worksheets and go go over homework with your kids as my wife and I do with ours. So we have our sixth grade, our, we have our six-year-old, not sixth grader, not yet, thank Jesus. Our six-year-old doing third-grade math and second-grade math and and reading and writing and comprehension because we want them to be ahead. So education, I understand there's a lot of stress while with the teachers in in that in that world because a majority of our family are educators. So we understand the importance of taking care of education at home first. But what I want to talk to you about is what has been declared um, by the American Academy of Pediatrics. That's the AAP and the AACAP-CHA, um, which is a child and ad, child and adolescent health mental. I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna read off these things so, you, so, so I'm not, so, you know, I'm not making it up. It's the, a declaration from the American Academy of Pediatrics, American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, and Children's Hospital Association. Okay, so it's, it's serious, y'all, and they have declared, as of October 19, 2021, if you haven't heard of it, there's been a declaration of a national emergency in child and adolescent mental health. Have if you heard of this? If you've heard of this before. Uh, There's been a national emergency in child and adolescent mental health. Um, By all means, let me know what you heard about it as well, because I haven't heard anybody talking about it. And I'm a youth coordinator, I'm a youth minister. And so I'm always praying over these kids, trying to find something for the kids to do and be a part of. And I understand that the parents of which I work with and I hear from all the time um, that these kids are struggling mentally with the pandemic and life in general. I'm gonna read just a couple of things from this um, right up they have here, um, and this talks. I'm just gonna jump right into it. I'm gonna read it word for word, and it says this worsening crisis in child and adolescent mental health is inextricably tied to the stress brought on by COVID-19 and the ongoing struggle for racial justice, and represents an acceleration of trends observed prior to 2020. Rates of childhood mental health concerns and suicide rose steadily between 2010 and 2020. And by 2018, just four years ago, suicide was the second leading cause of death for youth ages 10 through 24. The pandemic has intensified this crisis across the country. We have witnessed dramatic increases in emergency uh, department visits for all mental health emergencies, including suspected suicide attempts. I'm gonna read a little bit more and then we're gonna talk about what, what God placed in my heart. The pandemic has struck at the safety and stability of families. More than 140,000 children in the United States lost a primary and or secondary caregiver with youth of color disproportionately impacted. We are caring for young people with soaring rates of depression, anxiety, trauma, loneliness, suicidality, that's actually a word, that would have lasting impacts on them, their families, and their communities. We must identify strategies to meet these challenges through innovation and action, using state, local, and national approaches to improve the access to and quality of care across the continuum of mental health promotion, prevention, and treatment. That's it's one thing to say, my baby needs Jesus. My baby needs to get it right. But these are individuals who are studied, it, who are studied, mastered, and have doctorates, or doc- doctorates, excuse me, in this field. And they are telling us our babies are struggling mentally. And we are not doing enough. And I know for some they may feel offended or take offense to what I'm saying and and or how I am saying it as if they haven't done all that they can or they feel if I could do more, I would do more. I'm not, I apologize if you feel that way, but the truth of the matter is we all have to do more for these children. There are no if, ands or however's or buts about it. These children need some more attention. I vaguely remember uh, when the pandemic hit, it was doing spring break here in Florida. And my baby wanted to do something for uh, spring break. She was coming out of first grade, kindergarten at that time. And might have been first grade. She was younger. We know that much. And we couldn't go anywhere. The pandemic hit. They canceled school. They canceled events. They canceled uh, gatherings. They canceled pretty much everything. Uh, I continued to go to work. Thank, thank Lord, be the God, thank Jesus for that and my baby took a beach umbrella and her beach chair and she went out the front door, opened the front door and put her beach umbrella in the grass in the front and sat there and just looked at the road. Cuz in her mind said, I want to feel like I'm on spring break and I'm going to do what I can do right here right now. Now my baby is very strong-willed. We understand that we know that she's her own person. But I remember the picture of that very, very uh, clearly because she couldn't articulate how bad she wanted to go to the beach. She couldn't articulate. She didn't, she didn't, she doesn't have the words. She was like six or seven. She was almost like five or six. She didn't have the words to say, daddy, I don't want to just be here. Why can't we go? She didn't fully understand that we couldn't go to the beach or we wouldn't get in trouble because they were shutting down the world for a little bit. She didn't have the opportunity. She, she, she's a, she's a baby. She's a child. So she did what she could, and that's what I, what a lot of these children are doing. Not realizing that as they are trying to figure out and make and making those you know, shift plans and shift shift their dreams and imaginations, it's, it's hurting them. People say, "How's it hurting?" Making them making them stronger, making them tougher. No, it's not. These babies need to be able to run around, live, dream, imagine play in the sand, play in the dirt, be around other people, learn how to live with other people and be around other people their ages. It's tough for them. The pandemic has been real. We know that. But what we have not talked about, like I said, I haven't seen this article uh, promoted or expressed anywhere with the same authority as the deaths that have been promoted around here and the different fights about taking the vaccine or not. These babies have witnessed a whole generation being seemingly being wiped out. With with their their grandparents' age or their great grandparents' age, they they are dying. They're scared. Okay, so just imagine you're eight years old, and all of a sudden you can't see grandma and grandpa for a little bit of time. All right, and then and then you find out that grandma and grandpa are in the hospital. And then you and then you and then your family starts praying. We pray for grandma and granddaddy get out of the hospital. They have coronavirus. Praying for them to get well and they didn't get well not on this side of heaven and then the transition happened they went to heaven they weren't able to hold their hand they weren't able to see them they weren't able to talk to them or hear from them or anything and more than likely they weren't able to go to the funeral at that time a couple years ago when the pandemic was at its highest seemingly they couldn't go to they couldn't go to the they could not go to the funeral or even the gravesite or to watch them be buried for the burial so now Grandma, Grandpa is gone. Mom and dad have to live with that. Of course, they're grieving, trying to process it because they weren't able to be there with their parents either. So her mom and dad's going through it. Let's just use mom. All right. Mom is going through it. She lost her dad, lost her mom and dad. Okay. So now the baby sees that and see what the mother's going through and they feel it. Don't don't have a clue of what to say to mom to get through it. Mommy tells everything's going to be okay. Mommy's going to go to work. Mommy loses her job. The pandemic is hitting doing all kinds of stuff. Now, Mommy loses her job. She's stressed out. She comes home. Things start changing around the house. We don't have as much food. Can't go to many places still because of the pandemic. And now this child is still stuck at home. And then all of a sudden, Mommy said, we can go to school to get your iPad or your computer. And you're going to do school from home. And then they then the child sits in this prison of a school on this screen can't go anywhere has to raise their hand and use the bathroom in their own house and try to figure out how to press all these buttons to get to a certain class on time. the child is seeing all of this and what and they have no say so in any of it no more or less than we do as parents or this government or whoever because the pandemic and god is in control the pandemic is seemingly in control doing all this stuff to, to the economy and the world. But this baby is looking, all, is looking at all of this. And what is playing on their mind more than anything else or anyone else? The enemy himself, the devil. Not the pandemic. It's the spirit of confusion manipulation. It's the spirit of loneliness. It's the spirit of uh, death. Reigning over this child's head if that child is not prayed for and, and you don't pray with that child. If life is not spoken into that child, if, if no one is paying attention to that child to see what that child feels, what they want, if you're not paying attention to that child while they were stuck on that computer, and you were saying just pay attention, because mommy and daddy are going through things through, going through, going through things as well, and it's tough. Believers were struggling, and then all these little petty arguments. Can't go to church, don't want to go to church. Why is the church not open? But you go to the grocery store and all this stuff is out here, and they these babies hear it, y'all. They hear it and it's hurting them mentally. It's mentally hurting, hurting them, putting them, putting them at a deficit. It's telling us that. And it said very clearly that with the youth of color this disproportionately impacted that means us, uh, somebody who looks just like me a little little boy, a little girl who looks just like me and my wife and my sisters, my mother and my, bro- my brothers okay, it's happening uh, I posted a couple weeks ago about how those teachers should be fired the ones in Illinois who walked out on those kids those teachers decided after spring, after winter break to not come back to work because they felt like they should have the option of going or have an option of doing uh, online studies Okay, you don't want to come back to school, you don't think it's safe. All right, I understand that. But if we go through your social media, did you stay at home the whole winter break? Did you go to any, any family's house or any or go to the store or do anything outside of your house with someone else? You did that. More than likely you did. You went shopping. You had a good time with your friends, families, and loved ones. But now when it's time to do your job to take care of these kids in these black neighborhoods, these brown neighborhoods, you don't want to go to work. And then you're unionized, so you still get paid to stay at home. How do you think these children feel? That student-teacher relationship is very, very important. And now the parents, once again, are stressed out because they got to find something to do with their child. They might not be able to go home, or might not be able to go to work or have to stay home, or have to see if they can work from home. You see, all of, this thing, all of these things compound stress, and some of these things are out of our control. Most of, most of them are. But what we can do as parents, as guardians, is build up a household full of praise, build up a household full of faith, and build our household based on the word of God and encourage one another daily and weekly as much as we possibly can. Because this world is not our home, and things are going to continue to happen seemingly out of our control. And I had to explain to a friend of mine I said, listen, I understand stuff's gonna happen in this world and everything's happening culturally and how how the culture is being changed but I serve and represent the kingdom of God this isn't a time where he's not running away trying to figure out what's going on what's going to happen we still have a mission to fulfill to spread that good news and to love and lay hands on the sick and they will be healed now we got to take care of our business and not be um loose with where we go and what we do and wash our hands and, and build our immune system accordingly. But it is our position and our responsibility to be ambassadors of Christ and stand 10 toes down to the ground and represent his love, his peace, his power, his strength, his endurance and all of who he is, no matter what this world is doing, because God is still in control. And that is one thing we have to consistently build upon the minds of our children. Every night before I, before my babies go to bed, I pray for them, lay hands on them. My wife, Doug, we put scriptures up in the room, on the walls, got an oil form, on the doorknob, knob, on, on, all over. Cause, and I tell them, I love you so much, and mommy loves you, grandma loves you, and grandpa loves you, Nana loves you, and papa loves you, Your cousins love you, Your cousins love you, aunties love you, but who loves you the most? <clears throat> Excuse me. They say, God, absolutely right. And if you have a bad dream, who can you talk to? God. And my youngest one says, Jesus. That's right. Who's always with you? Jesus, God, a Holy Spirit. I we put something in them that's going, that's not going to, that's not going to fade or change. So we're going to raise them up right, raise them up strong, and raise them up with the Word of God, instilling them more than anything that God is in control. No matter what goes on, we can trust in God. Now. How do we attack the situation that's going on with our children? Suicide raising up and depression and loneliness and anxiety. We pray. And we get the help that we need. The children's psychiatrist, there's counseling, there's so many different avenues that God has really blessed people to be able to be professional and efficient in helping in in these uh these medical ways. And we need to use it accordingly. Okay? We cannot be afraid to take our child or go with our child to counseling. If we see them acting up, acting out, or not doing anything, okay. Yes, we can pray, and we will pray. We will continue to pray, but we will also use the roads. Excuse me, and Roster God has blessed us with to be able to get all the help that we can possibly need for the betterment of our child and ourselves. Because here, in this article, they're saying they can that we that uh, our option could be. Increase federal funding dedicated to, to ensuring all families and children from infancy through adolescence can access evidence-based mental health screening, diagnosis, and treatment to appropriately address their mental health needs with particular emphasis on meeting the needs of under-resourced population. That's the ghetto, y'all. That's us. Some of us, not all of us. Amen. They, use, they say that's an option that, that can help, and it is. Address regulatory challenges and improve access to technology to ensure continued availability, of telemedicine to provide mental health care to all populations. Now, this article is telling us and goes through a bunch of different things that can help us help people with their with their mental health to get the help that they need. Telemedicine is something that's really coming up uh, as of lately, of course, with the pandemic, that you can actually have a Zoom meeting with your doctor, uh, especially with mental health, to get um, to get the help you need right in right in the comfort of your home. If you don't feel comfortable going to one of their offices, you can get the help that you need. What I'm saying is, and I'm encouraging you to open up your eyes, pray with your child, talk to your child, pay attention to your child and yourself, and reach out and get the help that you need. And not just calling your pastor or your local minister, but going to an actual doctor, getting what you need help with. It's not going to hurt you. It's going to help you. you will be amazed at how many programs are out there that would would aid you uh, uh, financially to get the help you need for your child. Because the children are literally, are literally our future, and we don't, and we all should be mature enough to understand that mental health issues just don't go away because you get older. You have to confront them. You have to be able to work through them, and they are, and these children need someone, and they ought to have someone who loves them enough to put them in the best position for their mental health to be tip-top shape. Okay. I pray this was something that uh, that pierced your heart and opened up your mind to realize that we have to do a little bit more with what we have, okay? Do a little bit of research and just get the help that we need. I love it with the love of Christ. Continue to work, continue to grow, continue to pray, and always believe. Talk to y'all soon. Peace.